Hey, and welcome to the Marketing Automation Podcast by Active Demand, your weekly dip into the world of marketing automation, where you get tips for your agency, SaaS product, or B2B company. I'm your host, Adriel, and why don't we get it started? So, Sean, we've, we've talked a little bit about marketing, and, and uh, one of the things that I thought would be interesting to talk about would be this uh, concept of when it's a sales problem versus a marketing problem, and some of the some of the issues to, I guess, are red flags to look for in sales when you're when you're working either as a marketing agency or as a marketer internally with a company. Yeah, it's a great topic. You know, I was uh, I was on a call today, and I was it was to a an agency, and I was asking about their their clients, and I said, you know, your clients today, do they actually actually understand the difference between what is a uh, what is marketing and what is sales, or is it the case that they're just hiring people and saying, you know, as a salesperson and saying, yeah, I've got a salesperson, um, go go increase our sales. You know, what does here's that our, mean? Here's our product. Here's, here's what it our, does. Not even that. It's just, <laughs> I, you know, it's uh, okay. Does his resume look good? He said that he he closed lots of business, so uh, so I hired him. I'm paying him a bunch of money now. Go. Where's how come the sales aren't increasing? What's you know? <laughs> so I think it's uh, it's it is a very good topic because uh, you know is it uh, in the, that case there? What I was just talking about is I think that uh, just going and hiring a salesperson and expecting the the numbers to start showing up on the scoreboard is just not going to happen because there is this concept of what is salespeople, uh, what are what sales and what is marketing, and you sort of have to have a, an idea between the two. Well, and uh, I think what I've seen in a lot of organizations is no concept on how to manage a salesperson, what they should be doing, what KPIs they should be measured by other than, you know, dollars. But the problem uh, uh, so frequently happens where you they're not making the sales. Now what? Is it because they suck? Is it or is it because of something else? Is it because the product sucks? Is it because the marketing sucks? Is it because the pitch sucks? Like what? Where is the suck? <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, uh, it's also a lot more challenging if the sales cycle is longer, right? If your average sales cycle right now is uh, uh, six to eight months, uh, then really, you know, you're gambling when you hire a a salesperson uh, because it's going to take you six to eight months to actually know if the person's actually uh, uh, doing it, right? But I think before you make the decision to... uh, uh, hire a salesperson or uh, you have to sort of have an idea of some of the things that make a salesperson successful. And as a marketer, you have to understand that as well, because uh, if you, as marketers, you don't fully understand the sales process and how sales uh, folks work. Uh, it's a case that uh, you you might be in a situation where you do have salespeople and you're throwing them leads and <laughs> they're going off into the ether, right? Mm-hmm. Gee, what happened there? Are we doing something? And uh, uh, yeah, it's a case that there there has to be uh, sort of an understanding of what is the what is the sales process for marketers to be successful, and definitely for salespeople to be successful. Yeah, that uh, that lead transition handoff from uh, from marketing and sales, and and what that means from the salesperson, and uh, and what they're expected to do afterwards. Because yeah, I mean, most companies, uh, especially small companies, are hiring salespeople to to boost revenue, and uh, uh, often the, often is the case that that maybe that's the right decision, maybe it's the wrong decision. I've seen a lot of companies uh, try to solve a sales problem by throwing marketing at it. 
you know, they, they know who their customers are. They know uh, that there's a small number of them. They know exactly who they are. They have their addresses. They have, their, you know, they know they they know all these things. Um, yet, and instead of uh, trying to get a salesperson to reach out and contact those people and um, and maybe have that salesperson blend in and do a little bit of account based marketing. Uh, they're throwing broad-based awareness marketing at it, which is like, to me, like totally the wrong approach. Yeah, and like when we were an agency, it was a case that uh, uh, we, for our B two B engagements, we always started the engagement with a with a, a consulting process, and one of the part of the consulting process was. Uh, Really, it was actually a, a sales gap analysis, and and what we would do is we would uh, go in and uh, fully understand what they believed the sales process was, what their salespeople's role were, uh, who they believe, you know, how well they're trained, what was the technology that said, did they have a CRM, uh, all of these types of things, because we knew as marketers coming into the engagement. If the sales organization was, you know, in the dark ages and it was really, you know, a worst case scenario, uh, they're they're selling a, you know, a two million dollar uh, consulting process or or piece of equipment, and their sales process is the front desk lady who answers the phone. Right. It's 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 just if, if as marketers, if we've got to come in there and, you know, take the from introduction all the way through to um, the, uh, uh, you know, the PO for their for their business and uh, their sales process is the front desk lady. You know, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Right. And we wanted to make sure that uh, going into the engagement, uh, it was very clear as to uh, what. uh uh, who we were feeding, what's the animal, what's the beast look like? And uh, if we're going to be delivering food to it, is it going to be able to eat it? Right. Yeah. I think a, a lot of businesses, you, you need to see that pragmatism in them for, for, for it to really work because you have to follow a pragmatic, logical uh, uh, train of thought to, to get to where you need to uh, uh, build these leads, build a sales process, not do trade shows that don't work. I mean, like <laughs> some of the, some of this stuff seems like, you know, we're using fancy words like logic and, uh, and thought process, but uh, a lot of companies out there go to trade shows and get no sales from them or, or, or even worse, don't track whether they're getting any sales from them. they they cook, you know, 10 grand on a, on a trade show display. Maybe uh, if it's one of these fancy oil and gas trade shows, maybe they're, they're spending 20 to 30 grand just on having the space for the booth at the trade show. And they don't know if it works or not. So like that's, that's an example of uh, a company that, that might not be able to be easily helped by marketing just because uh, they're not there yet. They're not at a place of, uh, of logic and uh, of a, uh, competition really uh to where you can help them with marketing yeah but you know if it's a case that uh arguably uh you know if you are engaging with a, a client uh or even if you're working for an organization as a marketer uh where the the i would say the the life cycle or the sales sophistication of the company is is low um, I think it's important to uh, call it what it is and define this is the, the state of where we are in our evolution process. This is what it looks like 
well, this is what it should look like uh, if we are doing things correctly. Let's let's map a path there. So maybe today we are doing trade shows, and maybe it's a case that that's the way it's always been done. Put the measurement in place. See if the trade shows are actually working, right? Mm-hmm. And if they and if we if you can't, then if, if I should say if it uh, if they actually are working, then <laughs> surprise you've you've learned something. But uh, if you're if if they're not, you've got the evidence and the uh, and the path towards uh, uh, towards uh, success. Oh yeah, and I think it, uh, you're mentioning like being surprised sometimes if it works. And uh, I think one of the things that happens when you put a measurement on something is people change their approach and their strategy. So let's say you're doing trade shows right now and you say, okay, we're going to start putting measurements. We're going to see if we get any leads on these. And if we don't get any leads, we're not going to do them. The people who are doing them are going to be like, oh, well, if leads is what we're going after, I'm going to change all of this. (laughs) I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. And you define a lead as someone who wants a product. Okay, that fishbowl thing with the business cards, that's gone. I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) Because those people definitely didn't. They they wanted a free set of golf clubs. They weren't weren't interested in in actually learning about our product. Okay, so I'm going to do something entirely differently here, right? Or maybe I'm going to do the fishbowl thing, but then I'm going to do something to nurture those leads afterwards, right? Uh, because, you know, uh, I think that, uh, when you put the measurement in place, people always change their tune on around what they're working. Whereas before they might've, uh, done marketing on hopes and wishes and dreams. When you put the measurement in, uh, it changes the conversation to one that's a, a more pragmatic, more productive, more, uh, focused on the outcome. Yeah, I think uh, in any of these cases, I think no company and uh, there is no uh, company that I think that is, uh, if there was some kind of a sales and marketing process maturity model where, you know, uh, the utopian view um, of what a sales and marketing process and well-defined, well-oiled machine, predictable, scalable, all of this stuff. I don't think there's any uh, uh, company that would be in the utopian top tier of uh, sales and marketing execution uh, uh, maturity. So if we recognize that, and but do uh, uh, understand that uh, there is a path to improvement, uh, it's a case that then really it becomes a change management problem. And uh, uh, I think that, you know, we've all worked in organizations or worked with folks that are, well, we've done it this way for 30 years and it's always worked and do you want to come in and change things? <laughs> Realize there is a change management process and improvement. That's the reality. Yeah, and a resistance to change that has to be uh, overcome and a, a, a phased approach to change where we can't uh, boil the ocean all at once. We have to take small steps in the right direction and sure we're continuing to move in the right direction. I mean, one that uh, that I keep coming back to is uh, is attribution, right? Um, attribution is not a, a set it and forget it. It's a set it, check it, adjust it, keep going, adjust it again, keep optimizing, keep continuing to drive down the, uh, uh, the amount that you don't know and keep increasing the amount that you do know about how customers are, uh, are finding you, what marketing is working and what's really driving sales. Yeah. And back to the, you know, the topic of is it a sales problem or is it a marketing problem is uh, I think that uh, there has to be some type of internal definition of where uh, uh, what 
you know, how we're measuring our salespeople, how we're measuring our marketing people, what are the tasks that salespeople are doing to, uh, to, cause end of the day, we're all, everyone's working for the same company. They need to move the top line. That's, that's the reality of it. So if it's a case that, uh, uh, you take a, I guess, an engineering approach where you do a, a work breakdown s- structure and see which work needs to be is best aligned to, uh, uh, which body, right? Because not everybody's got, uh, an infinite depth of knowledge or, and bodies and, expertise but uh put the right person on the right seat in the bus and the bus is going to go a lot faster right i guess uh stepping back is the uh part of the the sales and marketing alignment is understanding complexity of the the product or service offering and if you truly understand the the product uh, or service offering and the complexity of it uh you have to realize especially when you're uh, if you're bringing on new sales folks or even bringing on new marketing folks, is that uh, there has to be a uh, an understanding that uh, do we have the right people to sell uh, this type of a, a solution, right? And are we selling into the right part of an organization? And uh, once we do have that alignment, then marketers can, uh, we're, are really, how do I feed this? It's back to feeding the beast, right? It's, uh, how do I, is it the right food? Is it the right uh, portion of food? Uh, uh et cetera, right? It is sometimes too many leads is, is, uh, is actually, uh, will actually distract a salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, really good uh, companies that again have have realistic standards for uh, for sales and marketing alignment. At least uh, they have that communication, that back and forth communication between sales and marketing. Uh, they talk about the numbers, but they also talk about uh, the quality that's going in because there's there's some difficult to define uh, qualities of the leads that marketing sends to sales that sales can give good feedback on. Um, whether it be a new campaign or, or campaign strategy or targeting strategy that's working particularly effectively. Uh, sometimes that, uh, that feedback between marketing and sales is really important, really crucial. Sales gets the, the uh, intangibles of, oh, yeah, you guys are doing this new campaign and the leads I'm getting off of it are fantastic. I'm closing all of those guys. Like that's the, uh, that's the, fee- the, the off-the-cuff feedback sometimes that really connects marketing and sales and, uh, and, and really helps. Yeah, one of the other parts of the the sales and marketing is a sales problem or is it a marketing problem I see is that uh, and I'm, I'm going to talk for a second about not sales and marketing, I'll actually talk about accounting. And I remember uh, working for a, a process automation company and, uh, you know, the amount of time and manual effort that the accounting folks were going through just to do basic PO processing, et cetera, yet they had a whole team of engineers working there. Uh, there was a, a gap in understanding of what's possible. And back to sales and marketing is quite often the salespeople do not understand, if we think about Pareto's principle, 80% of a revenue comes from 20% of our activities, they're actually spending 80% of their time on non-revenue generating activities. They might not realize that they have all these marketers in the room or in the company that could actually uh, accelerate a lot of this, take some of this administrative or some of these things that are follow-up emails, things that shouldn't be sales uh, in the sales uh, wheelhouse uh, and make it so that the, you know, give the salespeople the opportunity to spend more time in the pay zone rather than or uh, in revenue revenue generating activities as opposed to uh, just doing administrative. Yeah, I think sales being uh, 
spending most of their time talking to customers. They're not t- spending a lot of the time in technology or in uh, some of the things that marketing could be doing. So the, the other piece that uh, that could help there is that, yeah, marketing knows about a lot of that handoff between marketing and sales. They know a lot about the technology that's used to do that, and they can change or optimize that technology to make it easier for sales. They could tell sales, you know, hey, do you guys, would it be useful for you guys to know what what pages your leads are, are browsing? Would it be useful for you to get notified when when a lead you're working on has, has visited our website again? Um, you know, and, and some of these things, sales doesn't know what they don't know. They don't know that that's even possible. So making sure that that connection is tight and uh, and those suggestions are coming every once in a while is one of the things that's needed for that uh, that Kaizen method of uh, of continuous improvement to the sales and marketing uh, uh, approach. Yeah, and, and this is a crazy idea. Is actually uh, as a marketer, go sit for a day uh, in the salesman's office or salesperson's office, right, and see what they do and uh, see what the process is, and uh, it should be a very eye-opening experience. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, I mean, um, yeah, one of that that's one of the advantages of of actually recording the sales calls, recording the calls out that are going out, because you can virtually sit <laughs> in the salesperson's <laughs> office and listen to these calls going out and check in every once in a while and see uh, if your marketing USPs, uh, unique selling propositions need to change, or if the new marketing campaign that you, uh, you fired up is delivering garbage quality leads, like you can find that out by listening to the, to the sales calls. Uh, so it's, it's another check on the, uh, on recording those things because it's super, like you get those intangibles out by listening to those calls. Yeah. And, you know, some of the surprises marketers will see if they uh, one listen to the calls is they'll have a little bit better idea of the quality of the leads. But the second thing that if they are uh, back to Pareto's principle is uh, the call arguably is uh, in the 20 percent of the activities that are generating the revenue. And uh, so really, if the uh, the salesperson it's sitting in the office when they're not calling and seeing uh, what types of things they're doing, right? Maybe they're doing marketing activities that should be marketing activities that are very easy for a marketer to do, yet uh, extremely uh, tedious for the salesperson to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think you see some of that around, uh, you know, that that crossover where uh, salespeople end up doing some account-based marketing rather than marketing doing the account-based marketing. And I think, uh, you know, sales could just uh, p- put up their hand and say like, hey, well, I, I need to... I've got an elephant list or I've got a, a short list of, uh, of big companies that I think we're perfectly suited for. We need to hit these guys hard. I think working in collaboration with marketing is where they really get some strengths out where marketing can help by putting those campaigns together um, and sales can help by providing the targeting list and the uh, uh, helping out with the messaging and the USPs that, that they believe those companies will respond to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely sales and marketing alignment uh, is, is, is key to uh, accelerating growth and uh, getting the two groups of folks, uh, instead of saying, you know, is this a sales problem or is it a marketing problem? It's actually a business problem, right? And uh, sales and marketing is a, is a team that should be tightly aligned and uh, working together to, uh, to drive the top line growth. Thanks for listening this week. If you think someone else at your company should listen to this podcast, send them the link activedemand.com forward slash podcast. We've also got lots of great articles on our blog that go into really specific in-depth topics to help you out. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like covered, shoot us an email at support 
at activedemand.com or send us a tweet. Thanks again for listening and have a killer day making your business better through automation.